as we continue in, in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. My sermon this morning is the power of praise. <laughs> to tell the world about you. We bind every demon spirit. We plead the blood of Jesus. Thank you now. Take your servant. Use me for your glory. Preaching is not in me. It's done through me. But we thank you, God, for the privilege of sharing your word. Bless every ministry, God. Bless our young people, our young adults. People saying they've gone crazy. They haven't gone crazy. All are not crazy. There are many here right now still blessing your name. Thank you for our seniors, God. That crowd who laid the way for us and suffered on the boot of racism. Yet, they kept on blessing your name. And we're here this morning in the presence of a black man who owned car dealerships. Used to be a time we couldn't buy a car. You've been good to us, God. And it's because of the power of our praise. Help us never to be ashamed of our Christ. 
what he done for us. He saved us, filled us. He's keeping us right now. So in the name of Jesus, with new levels, we know come new devils, but God, through our fasting and prayer, we know we already have the victory. So we thank you right now. You shall continue to move and touch as only you have the power to move and touch. We're going to give you the praise and all of the glory. For it's not about us. It's all about you. Jesus' name. When we grow to be 50,000 members, when we have locations all over, we still going to give you Praise and the glory in Jesus' name. God, we pray. Hallelujah. Come on, give me a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. I, I just marvel. And I, I just marvel. Good to see you, Reverend Taylor. Good to see you, Reverend Sister Taylor. Be praying also for Reverend Mike Fleming in Dallas. I heard he had a heart attack this morning and pray for him and his church and pray that God touches and heals his body. Um, um, the second chapter, the Acts of the Apostles, verses 41 through 47 as we approach our 92nd church anniversary. Amen. <clears throat> Been existent 92 years. Amen. And, and we have looked at, there are some things that are essential for a congregation to survive and thrive. In 1927, Charles Lindbergh flew across the Atlantic. 1920, 1927 was a great flood in Mississippi. In 1927, the jazz singer movie came out and ended silent movies. In 1927, work began on Mount Rushmore uh, with Presidents George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. And I'm beginning to think that President Trump is saying to Nancy Pelosi, if you're not going to give me the money for the wall, can you put my face up on Mount Rushmore? Okay, <clears throat> Mount Rushmore. 1927, Henry Ford stopped making the Model uh, T and started making the Model A. And they cost a whopping $500 to $1,200. Deacon Matthew is back with the money. He needed to be in here in 1927. The pencil-style suit was just $11.45. So y'all so see Deacon Matthew asking for the 1927 special. <clears throat> A washing machine cost $15.95 and Calvin Coolidge was the 30th president 
1927 and, and we're still thriving and doing a great job because of some key components. There must be the power of prayer. <clears throat> also the power of the Holy Ghost and then the power of proclamation preaching. I don't care how great a choir is or location uh, without the preaching of the gospel the church will <clears throat> die. Amen. Uh, for 39 years almost 40 years while this church is stable because had one pastor Reverend E.M. Franklin he preached the word and this church survived and thrived because of preaching. Joseph Johnson in his book Proclamation Theology said we survived because we went to church on Sunday mornings and heard the old preacher preach the word of God. So the power of preaching. This morning, I'm not going to give the whole sermon. Don't have, I'm just going to give the outline. Give me the three outline for the power of praise and uh uh, uh, we put up on the screen there. We'll read verses 41 through 47, and we'll work through that. Let's read verses 41 through 47 of Acts chapter 2. And, uh, and uh, I'm reading from the King James Version. <laughs> what a time already. What a All right. <laughs> 41 through 47 Acts chapter, you have it. I'm reading from the King James Version. Whatever translation you have, let's read out loud. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day that were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added unto the church daily such as should be saved. Amen. The grass withereth, the flower will fade away, but the word of our God is going to stand forever. You may be seated. The power of praise. And I want you to put up on the screen my three outline, my three points, and I'm just going to deal with point number one today. But if you have them, could you put all three up there? Because today I just want to talk about uh, uh, spiritual discipleship. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. I don't have time to deal with all three of them. I'm um, um, going to break it up because how do you get to praise? See? A lot of people want to jump to praise, but they haven't been discipled. 
Let me say that again. I say a lot of people want to jump to praise, but they haven't been properly discipled. Amen. Now, now watch with me. Watch, watch with me. Watch with me. Watch this this morning. Watch this. Uh, as soon as Peter finished preaching, they were pricked in their hearts and asked him, asked them, men and brethren, what shall we do? Notice what Peter said. Peter said, go join the church. Peter didn't say, get baptized. Peter said, repent. And, and, and the Greek word metanoia, no, may not be pronounced correctly, but it means to become godly sorry for your sin. It means turning your back on your sin. You see, a lot of people are not sorry for their sins. They are sorry they got caught. <laughs> Amen. A lot of times people are very humble once they get caught. I, I tell this analogy uh, when I, when I, when I uh, get caught years ago, I ain't got stopped in a long time. My, my Cadillac would drive fast. I don't know what's wrong with it. And sometimes I get stopped by the high patrol, and I, it was my car. And, uh, and when they stop me, you know, I'm very humble. Yes, officer. He said, and then he said, you know you were driving. I said, oh, no, well, the officer, I'm really, I'm really sorry, officer, you know. And as soon as he left, as soon as I get down the highway, right back on it. Because I wasn't sorry I was speeding. I was sorry I got caught. And a lot of people have never repented. Because if you are still doing it, you haven't repented. Repentance means become godly sorry for the sin. We see sin the way God sees. God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. And, and if you can keep on doing what you've been doing and nothing bothers you, maybe you never repented. And those who heard the gospel repented and said, and he said, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now look at spiritual discipleship. That's the first thing. The only thing I'm going to deal with today, I don't have time. Because, man, I don't pray to God. I thank the Lord. But we'll deal the rest of it later. Spiritual discipleship. See, look, look at verse 41 and 42. Those who gladly receive. Now this is what I'm going to be dealing with the next few Sundays. I'm going to deal today with spiritual discipleship. Then Sunday after next, when I preach again, Lord bless, I deal with spiritual development, and then I'll close out with spiritual excitement. Amen. Amen. See, some people are more excited about getting a little paycheck than about Jesus. Some people are more excited about the New England Patriots winning than they are about Jesus. See? But again, we'll talk about that later. I'm going to talk about spiritual discipleship. See, look what they did to develop those converts, they did four things. But first of all, they were committed. See, and they continued steadfast. You must be committed. You can't keep a job going to work every other day unless you're the boss. Now, if you're the boss, unless you're the owner, <laughs> but you just can't show up when you get ready. And then when you do show up a day late with an attitude, I didn't, why you didn't come here? I didn't want to. 
Well, you know what's going to happen to you. You out of here. You got to be committed. You can't keep a wife or a husband if you're not committed. You're going to tell your wife, listen, woman, I come home when I want to. And if I want to date somebody else, I will. Well, you know what's going to happen. You better not close your eyes that night because <laughs> you can hear the pots and pans going, Doc, don't you? Amen. Amen. They were committed. See, they were committed. You don't have to be great, but you must be committed. They committed themselves to this. Four things. Look what they committed themselves to. And today, we got so many people who are not committed. They're just, you know, they expect God to bless them. You know, and they are not committed to God. They want to show up and pop up like a Pop-Tart and expect God. That's not biblical. Look what it is. Got your Bible open? Keep your Bible open. Keep your Bible today because I think I may, you know, look at Look at Four things. Four things. All you smart people who think you can... You can jump over. No, you can't. Four things they did. Look what they did. First of all, they were committed. Then secondly, to the apostles' doctrine. Bible study. See, they taught them the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Your information will determine your inspiration. And if you don't know much, you won't last long. See, the Holy Ghost without the word of God becomes nothing but emotionalism. And the word of God without the Holy Ghost becomes dry and dead. That's why you go to some churches, all they got is just emotions. And then you go to some other churches, all they got what? It's intellectual. They'll sit there. Over here, the blah, 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 blah. Over the other group. But the early church was balanced. They had both the learning and the burning. And so what they did, right after Pentecost, they started Bible class. Amen. And what's wrong with a whole lot of members at St. James? They don't know the word. That's why most cults do their fishing in the black Baptist bucket. Because they know we know every song in the hymn book. But don't know how many books in the Bible. Amen. That's why we don't apologize. Everywhere I pastor, I try to teach folk. See, the late Dr. T.F. Simmons taught us, if people will follow you without knowing why, they will fight you without knowing why. And Big Mama said, an empty wagon make a lot of fuss. And so what they did, as soon as they finished, they didn't organize no choir, they didn't organize deacons or nothing. They started in Bible study. The fundamentals of the word. Now folk come to church every Sunday. Don't know how many books in the Bible. And a lot of people in, in higher academia. Excuse for being personal. That's why some people don't believe I have an earned doctorate. 
from the, from the real seminary, <coughs> from the real seminary, especially from the real seminary, uh, uh, SMU, Perkins School of Theology. They don't, some people don't believe I have an earned doctorate. Guess why? Ask me why. Somebody say, why? Because I still believe the Bible. Our children in public schools are being taught this foolishness of evolution. It's a theory. Challenging the word of God. A woman riding on a plane, and every time she flies, she always got nervous, Reverend Odom, so she already read her Bible. And so this skeptic guy sitting beside her, she pulls out her Bible, and he starts saying, huh, you believe all that in that Bible? She said, yeah. Why? He said, he said, she said, because it's in the Bible. He said, huh, you believe that stuff about Jonah in the belly of the whale? She said, yes. You do? She said, yes, because it's in the Bible. Hmm. Well, how do you know? She said, it's in the Bible. He said, do you believe in this thing called heaven? She said, yes. Why? She said, because it's in the Bible. He said, you still believe that junk about Jonah? Yes. And she said, well, I'll tell you what. When I get to heaven, I will ask Jonah. And then he said, what about if Jonah is not in heaven? She said, well, you can ask him where you are. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You need to know the word. I believe every jot and tittle from this book. This is the incorruptible, inerrant word of God. That's why I don't stand around fussing with Negroes, white folk, Hispanic folk. I go what the Bible says. The Bible says, and that's it. Got in the Bible says. Somebody say Bible study. Amen. If you haven't come, start coming. We have three on Wednesdays. And I got some members who, they get their teaching from everybody but the pastor. That's why some of y'all, check with your other TV pastors, see if they're all right for you to come to your church for Bible study. Amen, 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 amen. The Bible, the, the apostles' doctrine. See, preaching is for everybody. Amen, preaching. That's why on Sunday morning I have some of everybody here. And we don't discriminate against anybody. Amen. Because I usually part of the everybody. <laughs> and they preach. But teaching is only for the saints. Start the Bible study for the believer. Number one, so number one, Bible study. Number two, if we're going to get the praise, number two is fellowship. See, they, they continue to step fast and fellowship. The Greek word, kononilia, which means more than just a few handshakes, high fives. Fellowship is one of the key components for a successful Christian life because I need you. And you need me. We are fellows in the same ship. Amen. Amen. I told y'all a few weeks ago, somebody asked me about what somebody said on TV. That's why I watch very little TV, religious TV included, because some of these folks just saying anything, and you hear them talking about a, a live stream is just as good as being in church. That's a lie. Nothing replaced. Amen. I told, told the lady, amen. Nothing replaced being here. I don't care you watch a live stream when they televise this on, on local cable, when you listen to a radio, nothing beat being here. 
nothing. I told somebody, you didn't live stream the clubs. Why are you going to try to live stream church? Amen. Nothing beat the fellowship for believers. Christians, we, 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 we are like a little battery. We build up each other. See, It's all like uh, coals on a barbecue pit. You take those coals and put them on there and get them hot, white hot. You can cook anything. Cook a cow. Cook a pig. But now you take that same hot coal and set it off by itself. Pretty soon it goes out. And what done happened to a lot of you Christians who used to be hot, you are not fellowshipping during the week with other believers. Why are you so cold on Sunday morning? Sending up a, a, a text message doing the word. Man, come on. That's a cold Christian. You need fellowship. I need, ain't let nobody stop me from coming to church if I wasn't a person. When I got saved, I started immediately going to church for real. Because <laughs> I need you and you need me. The fellowship, they fellowship together. These are attitudes about your place of fellowship. Two things nobody gonna talk to me about negatively. You're not gonna say a word negative to me about my wife. I double dog down anybody. Now, I know I'm saved for the Holy Ghost, but I double-dog dare anybody to say something to me negative about my wife. And then secondly, ain't nobody going to say nothing negative to me about my church. Well, amen. amen. Well, amen. amen. Some of y'all didn't clap because folk been talking. Why you acting funny? They talking to you. Where you go to church? I go to this all oh, girl. Mm-hmm. I used to go over there. You start drinking that old silly Kool-Aid, amen. Then you start showing up acting funny. Amen. They fellowship, man. That's why you feel much better. Oh, I could have watched it at home, but it ain't the same as being in the house of God, giving my brother a high five and feeling the spirit of God, the power of fellowship. If you got the limp in here, if you got to catch Uber, Lyft, whatever, a bus, you ought to have your face in the place, Jays, because of the power of fellowship. Fellowship together. Amen. Well, blessed Lord. That's why some of y'all sick. You ain't fellowshipping enough. That's healing and fellowshipping. Amen. Amen. You can sing a song at home, but ain't nothing like being together with a brother or sister in Christ. That's why he said, come ye out from among them, be ye separate. When I got saved, I stopped going to the clubs. Because my age, boom, coon, that wasn't fellowshipping. <laughs> Some of y'all still going. That was a problem now. You're still hanging out and trying to justify it. Ain't no fellowship when you got a martini in your hand. That's not, that's alcoholism. <laughs> well, let me fool you. I guess we're all right. Let me fool well, we, we can fellowship. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't fellowship with nobody but other believers. Believers encourage one another. Believers strengthens one another. That's why some folk you hang out with, when you leave them, you feel drained. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then there are some people you hang out with, when you, get, you hate to see them go. You, yeah, yeah. Because of the strength of the strength of fellowshipping, it builds you up. Come together, they fellowship. 
not only they fellowship, they remember the Lord. They had the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is a celebratory meal, remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross. We'll have the next Lord's Supper on the first Sunday in April. There's no salvific power in the Lord's Supper. It just remembers the vicarious substitutionary death on the cross that Jesus did for us. You ought to come. Remember, he paid the price for all of our sins. Buried, rose again, and he's coming back again. The Lord's Supper reminds us. Thank you. Thank you. I got, thank you, members. That's why I have some members. They know who I'm talking about. Who have challenged me uh, to make the Lord's Supper more uplifting. And I thank God for that. Because a lot of times we hear, we arose, <laughs> nothing. But it's a celebratory meal. It's a time, man, of really getting down because Jesus paid the price for our sins. It reminds us he died in my place, buried and rose again, and he's coming back again. So they received the Lord's Supper. They remember. remember. Then fourthly and finally, the fourth thing, because you won't grow unless you do these four things. Bible study, Fellowship with good, strong Christians. Some of you poor women, I feel sorry for you. You say, and you dating this unsaved. See, I can't say Negro because some of y'all don't want me to say Negro no more. So I'm going to say this unsaved person. And, and he, just, he just, just training you. You so desperate for a man. You save, he just training you. And you trying to you're trying to hold on to him, and you're a welterman. You used to shout, you used to be excited, but now you are compromising just to have somebody. See, see, I'd rather be by myself. Listen, I ain't never been, hey, listen, I'll stay by myself. Listen, hey, man, when I got saved, I told Sister McClendon, if you don't want to go with me, I'm going on. I thought I was going crazy, but I meant what I said. Hey, man, some of y'all like y'all so desperate. Listen, you need to hang out with some Christians, somebody who's going to build you up. Your folk keep pulling you down. Right today, somebody been texting you. How was church today? Then time you tell me, bless. Oh, listen, no, that won't last. You know, I ain't gonna go on. Be around some people who are fellowship. Listen, I don't hang out with folk during football season who are not cowboy fans. I ain't gonna watch no game because we're gonna mess around and something bad gonna happen. Because if you don't cheer, whenever they okay, amen, amen. Amen. I know Deacon William from Oklahoma. I ain't watching no Oklahoma Texas game with him. We're going to have a problem. Fellowship with people of the same mind. Fellowship. Lord, then third, fourthly and finally, prayer. Back to prayer. Thank you. We open service with prayer. In between service, we had prayer. See, prayer is the power that connects us to heaven. The early church was literally born on her knees. They had been in a 10 day prayer meeting and the Holy Ghost came. You want to know? That's why I feel so sorry for these young people nowadays. Man, uh, 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 they, they now can't even pray at school. And now schools are gone crazy 
I remember a time they used to herd those heathens into the gym. And they pray and have a preacher come preach because of the power of prayer. Don't let nobody make you think there's no power in prayer. Prayer has power. You, you, you watch this church as we continue to fast and pray for the rest of this year. You start fasting and praying. You don't have to pray to, fast and pray the whole week, the whole day, but just miss one meal and spend that time talking to God and listening to God. And God will show you some things that will blow your mind spiritually. They prayed, they prayed, they, they prayed. The only thing the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to do was to pray. They didn't ask them, Lord, teach us how to work miracles. That'd been me. I would have asked them, show me how to work a miracle. They didn't ask them, Jesus, teach us how to preach. But no, Lord, teach us to pray. They asked Billy Graham one time, Billy Graham, if you had to live your life over again, what would you do differently? Billy Graham, one of the world's greatest evangelists, said, I would pray more and preach less because of the power of prayer. I don't care what situation you're in, if you committed to prayer. Corey Ten Boom said, we need to stop wrestling and start nestling in the arms of God. Committed to Jesus. You know, that's what I've done. I've been doing 25 years. I've been, I committed you guys to Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, I did. I committed every member, every ministry. I committed you all. That's why I don't get all worked up. Because I've committed you to Christ. I've committed my life. And the more you pray, Husband and wife need to pray something together. If you date somebody who doesn't want to pray, you need to get away from them because of the power of prayer. You let this church keep on praying. You keep on praying and you watch God work. God doesn't need us. But before God can do something through me, he must do something to me. And that happens when I pray. So thank God for spiritual development. We're seeing that some of y'all growing. Keep growing. Get in the word. Get in the book. Come to Bible. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed to come to Bible study. If you don't know where the books are, we'll help you find them. Get in the book. Start growing as a disciple. And then fellowship with other Christians. Hang around some Christians. They quoting scripture over you. You know, no weapon formed against me. I don't want to be around nobody. I don't be around nobody talking no negative talk to me. Uh, singing no B.B. King song, baby gone. I don't need all that old blues. I need somebody to say, hey, Reverend, look up. Weeping may endure for. Joy going to come. In. That's fellowship, see. Oh, what a fellowship. Oh, what a joy divine. Leaning. Heaven has and all. Then we remember, and then we're gonna keep on praying. You pray for me. I'm gonna keep on praying for you. Because I know what prayer will do. Yes, sir. 
I'm going to keep on praying. I don't care how folk, I, you, I'm going to go on my knees and tell God all about it. As soon as I get through praying, I'm going to start praising. Because you know what? See, you, you pray as if everything depend on you. And, and, and you live like everything depends on God. And when you finish praying, start praising him for the not yet. Add that to your prayer life. Not yet. When, when you pray, you understand the power of the not yet. I'm not healed. Not yet. I don't have my job. My children ain't acting right. Not yet. When you pray, God puts you on the tiptoe of anticipation and you join the enthusiastic crowd of not yet. It may not look like it now, but God is not finished. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm standing on the not yet. I'm praising on the not yet. He is going to do it. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. Door the church open. May not be married, but you ought to say, not yet. I'm not a millionaire. I'm not healed. Because <laughs> when you pray, you see the possibilities of God. When you pray, you join what Luke said, Luke 1, 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Not yet. Spiritual discipleship. 